Welcome to Black Belt Selling with Stephanie and Anna Scheller. I'm Anna. And I'm Stephanie. We're a mother-daughter team who are passionate about helping you learn the techniques and grow your business through sales training and coaching. On Black Belt Selling, we bring experts as well as give you content to help you develop the skills so that you can close more sales. You can learn about us by going to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash black belt selling. And there you can read our blogs and learn more about us as a mother-daughter team. And Stephanie, I have to tell you that our guest today, I'm very excited. I'm trying to remember how I got in touch with Art's material, but Art is a very, he's very passionate about phone calling, and I'm hoping I don't butcher his name too much. I tried to get his name before we started, but um, welcome to Black Belt Selling, our subject, right? That's right, Anna. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, one of the things that um, Art has specialized in is authoring, designing, and delivering content-rich training programs and resources that business-to-business salespeople begin showing results on their very next phone call. He's worked with thousands of sales reps every year, helping them to get more business by phone. And now, what Art shares isn't just fluff. It's real-world how-to ideas and techniques to help salespeople and entrepreneurs use the phone more effectively to prospect, sell, and service without that morale-killing rejection. And so, Art, I I always get the honor of starting all the questions here. Um, How did you become so passionate about phone selling? Well, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. It was actually my very first paid job. Um, actually, let me, let me back up. Everybody is born a salesperson, right, because kids are the greatest salespeople in the world. So everybody's <laughs> born a salesperson. And then my first paid job, other than, uh, I guess, newspaper routes were, were uh, a subcontractor job. But my first paid job where I got a paycheck was selling tickets to the policeman's circus when I was 13 years old. My voice had changed already. And, uh, and, and then I realized I kind of got a knack for it, and it seemed like most of the jobs that I had all throughout high school and college were sales jobs, mostly using the phone. And as luck would have it, after I graduated or when I graduated from college, I had several different job offers, and, and I took one that, I guess not surprisingly, was using the phone in sales with the old AT&T uh, this was way back. I don't know if any of your listeners is as old as I am, but that was back in the early 80s when there was just one phone company. So I was working with, with AT&T, their, their long-distance division, and uh, we, were, we were consulting with companies on how they could use the phone to sell, and then we were also selling the, the Bell System services. And then I realized that uh, after about a year of doing that, that I could go do this on my own, and I left with a partner, and I formed a training and consulting company. So it's pretty much the only thing I've done my entire life as as a job or a career so that that's how I got passionate about it <laughs> it's funny that you say that I mean I joke that nobody ever like wakes up and says I want to be a salesperson we all end up kind of like falling into it somehow until uh, and then someone actually came up there like well I actually did want to be a salesperson everyone in my family was a salesperson I was like okay well 
very few people want to be, like most of us fall into it, and I have the same thing where I just fell into sales, and then when I found out how amazing it can be, it, I just got, I got very excited about it. But I'm curious because the phone selling thing is like, the bane of a salesman's existence. So how do you help people feel more comfortable about picking up the phone? Because this is something we run into, I don't know, I think daily or twice a day is not an exaggeration. Well, we do it in, in several ways. One is the mechanics, the mechanics being our messaging, what, what we say and how we say it. And most salespeople use bad messaging. They, they use techniques that really incite resistance and cause resistance. And that's, that's a result of either following somebody that didn't know what they were doing, uh, following some old outdated technique or some strategies such as uh, just go out there and place as many calls as you possibly can because it's a numbers game and for every no you get, you're that much closer to a yes, which is, is pretty much garbage. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other part of it is uh, another myth of sales and prospecting and using the phone, which is you, you should love rejection. I mean, you've got to get used to rejection. Well, my feeling is let's completely remove the word rejection from our vocabulary because rejection is not the experience itself, the experience being getting a no. I mean, we're going to get no's if we're playing the game. Baseball players are going to swing and miss. Basketball players are going to swing and miss. Accountants are going to have numbers that don't add up. Those are, those are not all rejections, okay? So if we get a no on the phone, we shouldn't call it rejection. And it, it just kills me when people say, you've got to get used to the rejection. No, if I hate something, I'm never going to get used to it. You, you just can't <laughs> <Yeah>. do that <laughs> emotionally. So my feeling is let's look at what happens to us a little bit differently. Let's look at it as, oh, that was something that didn't work. Let's figure out what did I learn from that situation. And then we can do something proactively to get a win on every call. We'll, maybe we can leave the door open, or maybe it could be a question that we ask every time. So instead of at the end of a long day saying, I got rejected 30 times, we can say, well, you know what? <laughs> I accomplished my primary three times, and I planted a seed the rest of the time. Pretty good day, Hi. as opposed to the person who says, oh, I got rejected 30 times. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody says that, though. <laughs> Nobody says that. No, not at all. Now, you know, um, our, we're black belt selling, and part of the reason we're black belt selling is that both of us are actually black belts in martial arts. Um, a lot of our guests tell us they do have black belts, um, but they mostly use them to dress in the morning. Uh, anyway, in the martial arts, we do teach specific processes to help people generate the kind of power that they need in order to become more effective. And I know that you also teach a specific process for, for phone calling. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Do you want me to uh, cover primarily a prospecting call or any type of sales call in general? What, what would you like? Uh, really, the process is the same. Do you, do you want me to go through every step of the process? Yes, please. Okay. Well, it, it, it's 
actually pretty simple, and it's not that much different from most common sales processes. Uh, first step in the process is doing our pre-call planning. Pre-call planning, uh, we're doing several things. We're doing our research prior to a call. Uh, I have trademarked the term smart calling, which is the replacement for cold calling. And smart calling really is just knowing something about people we call before we call them so that we can customize and tailor our message to them and what's relevant and what's going on in their world as opposed to the dumb cold call. So we're doing that in our pre-call planning. We're also setting our objectives for the call. So we're setting our primary objective, what, what do we want them to do as a result of this call. It could be I want them to meet with me. I want them to agree to my proposal. I want them to agree that the next time they have a need for my type of product, they will call me. So those are all primary objectives. And again, it's defined as action-oriented. What do we want them to do? And then we set our secondary objective, which is, again, what is it that we can uh, accomplish every single time? So it's here we ensure that we're never going to be rejected. So that's step number one. Step number two is what's called our pre-decision maker conversations. And we're doing two things here. Uh, and when I say pre-decision maker, I'm talking about anybody that we can speak with prior to getting to our decision maker. Some people like to use the negative term gatekeepers. I like to call them assistants. And, and a, I'm breaking up here a little bit. Are, do I sound okay to you? Yeah, uh, sounds good, good to me. How about you, Stephanie? Okay. Yep, you're good. But, might be just in my ear. Uh, so anyway, we're, we're talking to assistants uh, for the purpose of, number one, getting information about the decision maker, and number two, uh, befriending that person because in many cases they can help us get to the decision maker. So that's going with the person as opposed to going against them, and I think that's kind of a martial arts technique, isn't it? You know, that's, that's really true um, because especially in judo, we actually try to teach people. Now, we're not in judo, but I know some of the concepts of judo, and you're right. If you can go with somebody's energy, you actually create a momentum that works for you and not against you. Mm-hmm. Too many people try to go above, around, through, or over a, an assistant as opposed to working with them. They're the most important person in your life right at that moment. So, and, and by the way, they're better at getting rid of salespeople than most salespeople are at getting through them. So <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not you're not going to win that one as a salesperson. So the next step in the call is the most important one, and this is where most calls die and where most salespeople are horrible and that is the first 10 seconds of a phone call, the interest-creating opening. Most opening statements will create resistance. I've got about 25 mistakes that sales reps make in opening statements. Here's just a couple. Uh, one is not having any value in the opening, not having any what's in it for me. Uh, another one is asking for a decision in an opening. I mean, my gosh, you don't walk up to somebody in the first five seconds of meeting them saying, uh, hey, you want to get married. And a lot of people do that, in a sense, on a phone call by mm -hmm. saying, well, I'd like to set up a time to come out there and meet with you. And, and what they're thinking is, I don't even see a reason to stay on the phone with you 10 more seconds. Why would I want to meet with you? Uh, yeah. So we, we need to make sure we've got value. We need to make sure that we're touching on something that, that we know about them and that we're relating what I call a possible value proposition. It's only possible because we don't know for sure yet if it's going to be a value. We can surmise something that could be a value based on what we know about them from our research and also what we know about their industry. 
So we're putting that into, into our opening. And, and really the, the only other purpose of the opening is to get them talking to get to the questioning phase of the call, which is the next step in the sales process. So then we have the questioning, which should be really the, the longest part of the call, and they should be doing most of the talking. And, and what I teach in my programs is we want to go beyond the factual questions and we want to get more into the emotional questions so we can find out their why, their motivators, why they might even be interested in what we have. Next step is the, the, the recommendation, the sales recommendation. Some people like to call it presentation, but to me presentation means one-way dog and pony show, you know, PowerPoints, as opposed to a recommendation, like a doctor would give a recommendation after asking questions, right? So then we have the commitment phase. The ultimate commitment would be the close for the sale, or it could be any other advance or movement towards the sale, because obviously we're not going to close a sale on every call, depending on your industry, but we should get some movement. So here's where we're getting some agreement they're going to do something. And then the last step is setting up the next action and, and confirming that we're all on the same page. We're summarizing what they're going to do, what we're going to do, and, and uh, setting up the, the next action, the next meeting, the next phone call, uh, the, the webinar, whatever that might be. So there you go. Have, oh, man, I'm tired from talking so wow. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but I think it's, it's good for our, our listeners to get the overview of the process because sometimes I think – we get so caught up in you know, either individual pieces or we get so caught up in the end that we forget that you know, each of these steps is just as important and it builds off each other. So, you know, I know the high-level overview can be a little exhausting, but I think it's good to give them that. Yeah, you're exactly right, Stephanie, because too many, too many people think – I mean, I'll get emails from people who maybe are new to sales or all of a sudden they have to go out now and, and bring in some business, and they'll email me and they say, uh, what can I say to, to book appointments? And I'm thinking well, – that would be like somebody calling up a home builder and saying, mm, tell me how to build a house. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, people don't understand how, how much goes into that. I had someone the other day, she goes, well, could you help me figure out, you know, the benefits? You know, I want to get a list of all the benefits. And I just looked at her and I was like, you're asking me for like an hour of time. Do you realize yeah. that? It's, this is not like a, let's write it. But I, I could, we could get all kinds of distracted here. So um, I am curious, though, because I just finished actually talking about this with uh, – a group. I just finished a training. I got back to the office. I'm sitting here talking to you now, but I was, the majority of the training I just did was all about mindset and how your mind plays into everything because you can have all the techniques in the world, but if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to do it. So what do you teach about how to set yourself up, how to prepare your mind for success with your sales? Well, about 80 to 90 percent of what we accomplish in sales is due to how we feel when we're doing it. And <laughs> this could be uh, an entire week-long training as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I, and, and we can, I can go all Dr. Phil on you and talk about people's backgrounds and, their, <laughs> and, and the way they were brought up. <laughs> but but I, I guess the easiest thing here is to, if, if we want to focus on the phone call itself, do not call again what, what happens on your phone calls, rejection. Okay? Because if, if you tell yourself enough times that I'm no good, 
you're going to start believing it. And that's inherently what happens when sales reps believe that, well, I got to know I got rejected. <clears throat> no, the, the process should be, if, if I got to know, and I, and I suggest that, that sales reps, um, they, they break down the tape, just like, just like uh, sports teams do after the game, we go and look at the film. So we should do this after every single phone call and ask yourself two questions. Number one, what, what did I like about that call? Because you can always find something that you did well about that call. And then the other question is, what would I have done differently on that call, or what will I do differently next time? Now, notice how that is different than the negative self-talk of, oh, I got rejected. So now it's proactive. What will I do differently next time? And then when you get off that call, you say, well, you know, I, I did everything I could have done and, uh, at the time, and I didn't have the answer to this question, or I didn't have the, the question for this objection. I found it. Yeah, okay, I learned. Move on to the next one. One of my first sales managers in corporate life said, you need to be like the barber. What's the barber say? Next. <laughs> you know, um, and you're talking about questions, and I, I love that because um, are you familiar with the, the life insurance salesman, Frank Becker? Have you ever heard I, of him? Uh, yeah, he was How I Raised Myself from Failure or something to that effect. Failure success, mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Right. And um, one of the things that one thing that shook him out of his I'm the, I'm no good I can't do anything is you know he was told you need to get out and you need to see people you need to talk to people and that's really what we're talking about and another key he talked about though and you touched on it but I'd like you to go a little deeper on it if you don't mind and that is asking questions because in your book you say that the typical thing that we hear from old school sales is, you know, make sure you ask open-ended and probing questions. And you're saying that that's not necessarily the truth, not necessarily the case, excuse me. And so when you ask questions, what kinds of things are you looking for and, and how is that different from what we typically hear in sales training? Well, I'm not sure if I wrote that. <laughs> because <laughs> we, we, we do indeed need to ask open-ended questions. <clears throat> we want to ask a mix of questions, but the fact is, is that open-ended questions are going to give you paragraphs of information as opposed to just one or two word answers. And if, if people find that they're not getting people to open up, it's probably a result of the quality of their question. So, for example, I had somebody tell me that, no, my people just don't open up. And then I, I actually listened to some recordings of his calls, and his questions were things like, uh, does that happen a lot? Do you have any problems now? <laughs> and, <laughs> that won't, that'll open you up right on, right on. Yeah. So what I do suggest is that most salespeople will ask a question and then they'll get an answer. And, uh, and I use an illustration here. I call this the iceberg theory of questioning. So if you picture the tip of an iceberg out in the water, uh, you just all you see is just a little bit of the iceberg. You don't see the great big mass that's below the water level. When we ask a question, even if it's an open-ended question, all we're getting is the tip of the iceberg. What we need to do is lower the water level so we get what is below the water level, which is this great big mass of ice, which really are the reasons why they just said what they did. People are going to buy because of the reasons, not because of their first answer. 
So if we, we ask somebody, for example, well, tell me a little bit about your order processing process. Somebody might say, well, it's, um, it, it's pretty adequate right now. We're, uh, we, we've looked at making some changes, but, 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 we're, but we're satisfied. Now, somebody at that point might say, oh, they're satisfied. Uh, what, what's below the water level in what I just said there as the person who answered that question? They said hmm. that we, we looked at making some changes, right? So uh -huh. I, would, I would question that and say, oh, I understand. What, what kind of changes were, were you looking at making? Oh, and why is that? And what was the reason behind that? So we want to, again, find out. Look, we've got to look for these question invitations and these clues as to why did somebody just say what they did. So here's one of the greatest questions of all time. Two letters. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, let him... oh, wow. Oh? That's yeah. simple, huh? Let, yeah, it's not. And, and I tell people, the longer I do this, the, the easier it seems like sales is. I think many people try to overcomplicate it. We're just having a conversation. I mean, if you were having a conversation with a friend and you said, hey, what are you doing uh, this weekend? And they said, oh, I'm really excited about going on my weekend trip. What would you say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh. And then I'd ask for an invitation. <laughs> or, or, or where are you going, right? Oh, tell yeah. me. I mean, we, we would do that in normal social conversation and not even think about it. But see, if we're on a sales right. call, we might, if I were on a sales call, some salespeople might say, oh, weekend trip, really? Well, let me give you a number of recommendations where you should go, and I have prices. <sighs> <laughs> a little overwhelming. Well, and there are people, salespeople or not, who will still give you recommendations, and we tend to draw back from those people because we're not asking for their advice. We're sharing something we're going to do, and we just want to share what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, many salespeople share way too early before they, they've earned yeah. the right or have enough information to make an appropriate recommendation or they haven't uncovered enough of a need or a pain or a problem where someone's in the mindset of, of wanting to hear a recommendation. You know what? Guilty wow. as charged. I, I have done that. I have done that. And when I got off the phone, I'm going to rewrite my script for myself and say, what did I do right? And what will I do different the next time? But, yeah, guilty. Yeah. I've done that. No doubt. We, well, we, I wouldn't, I wouldn't made a yourself sales call up on that one. I'm sure all of us have. I have. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, right? We, we all sit here and we're like, oh, I'm a sales trainer. I know how to do this stuff. And then I'll, I'll wake up and be like, oh, <laughs> oops, <laughs> my bad. So we, we all definitely do that. Although we are running out of time very quickly here, Art, and I am super curious. Mom said you have a, the most powerful secret. Okay, when you're getting ready to share the benefits and ask for the commitment, you've got a secret that you share that makes this easy. What is that secret to share the benefits and ask for the commitment? I, you put me on the spot here. I'm not sure exactly what, what the one secret is. I've got, I've got a lot of techniques and, and, and a lot of tips. Fill, fill, fill me in here. <laughs> well, since I read the book... <laughs> 
one of the things, Stephanie and I, we teach, we do actually a live seminar quarterly in the San Antonio area. And in that seminar, what we try to get people to see is when they're listing what the benefits are for the customer, we want them to look at the benefits from the customer's perspective. And if we've done our homework in the conversation, we should know what the customer is looking for. We should know what the solution is that's going to solve their problem. And so from that perspective, we want to stay away from the benefits we like or the features we like, but rather turn the conversation back to the customer and show them, use the features and benefits that are going to solve their problem so that we can get a commitment from them. Is that right? Well, yeah, yeah, certainly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we want to, I mean, we go into a call thinking we, we may have an idea of what, there, what, what a solution might be, but of course we still have to ask the questions. And even if we do know that, we want to ask the questions that will get them thinking about that problem. And they may tell us something different than, than what we think. Because let's face it, people are going to buy for their reasons, not ours. And we have to get them thinking about their reasons before we make that recommendation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think that was well, that, it's always great to see two sales masters kind of team up there to answer that one. And I think it's a big point that people do overlook uh, about sharing the benefits versus um, versus jumping straight to the close, which we're pretty much out of time, so I kind of want to move straight to the close. But I want you to have a chance. I know our listeners have been hearing you talk about sales training, and what's the best way – for people to get in touch with you, do you have anything for our listeners um, to encourage them to get, reach out to you? I've got all kinds of stuff. I've got <laughs> uh, I've got a weekly email sales tips newsletter we've been doing for about as long as the internet's been around. And I would suggest that you go to my blog because you can sign up for the sales tips there as well as see the blog posts and fun videos and all kinds of stuff. So the blog is Smart Calling. Dot com, smartcalling.com, and you can also download a free ebook of 501 telephone sales tips right there. And then I do have a free book, physical book, that I send out that goes through that entire sales process step-by-step with tons of messaging examples. Uh, and this is for US, U.S. readers, and all we ask is that they help with the shipping. And you can get that at freesalesbook.com, freesalesbook.com. Oh, make that hard on us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to just encourage our listeners. Um, you know, Art, if you don't mind, we've got a Facebook group. We'll get all these links posted into our Facebook group too. And um, guys, you can, first of all, freesalesbook.com. How hard is that to remember? Next time you get in front of your computer, if you're not in front of your computer right now, hop on over and uh, check it out. Like, you can never have enough books. Let's, let's have a Beauty and the Beast moment here. You should have a library the size of a castle uh, of the books because there's amazing information. So do yourself a favor. Get a copy of the book. Um, I'm sure uh, I haven't obviously not quite read it yet, but I 
I think just from listening to Art for the past half hour, I can stand by anything that he's got out there. So do us a favor. Hop on over. Join us in the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash black belt selling. And we post all kinds of motivational, inspirational, sales tips kinds of stuff all throughout the week. And then, of course, we have links to our, our show in there as well. And we'll make sure that we get all these links posted for art in there as well so that you guys can connect with him, connect with the blog, get the copies of the books. And, you know, Art, is there anything else, any last little nuggets you'd like to leave with our listeners? The, the thing is, I assume everybody listening to this is in business or you're responsible for, for having to go out there and, and get new business. Activity, activity will help ease any fear that you have. And don't be, putting, don't be putting in activity just for the sake of activity. Make sure that it is smart activity. Even if you don't buy anything from me, go to my site. There's all kinds of free resources there, and you'll be, you'll be better off in making your calls than, than if you don't. Okay, there's no need to suffer, and there's all kinds of business out there for the people that are taking action and picking up that phone because the phone will not dial itself for you. Wow. Guys, that was worth hundreds and thousands of dollars right there. Take action, but not wasted action. Art, that was awesome. Thank you. I don't even have anything to add to that. So, guys, <laughs> join us again next week. We love having you here. Art, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always awesome to have another black belt seller on our show. Um, thank you again. Hopefully we'll get the chance to have you come back on at some point in the future. My pleasure. I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Go out there. We'll see you again next Friday. You know Mom and I will wrap up some awesome guests or pull something amazing out from behind the curtain for you all. So get your butts out there and make it a great week. I'm Stephanie here for Anna. We're the Black Belt Sellers of Southwest and Central Texas. <laughs>